Hello once again, and welcome to the Bible and Our Culture, an outreach ministry of Liberty Remnant Church. I'm your host, Pastor J. McPherson. Glad to have you with us again. A lot has happened this last week, and we're going to dive into it, a little bit of my own eyewitness testimony. But I want to say you're welcome to contact me at our website, Liberty Remnant Church, or via email. You can use office at libertyremnantchurch.org, and it will get to me, and I'd be curious as to what you think. We're glad to use this ministry to help people understand Bible and our culture. We look at the culture through the lens of the Bible. Way too many people, even those who call themselves Christians, like to look at the Bible through the lens of the culture. That's not going to work. Well, hey, this last Monday night, I was at City Council looking to share it was strange because I signed up right at 501. You can't sign up until 5. And the first 15 people, if there are 15 people, who sign up for Open Forum get to address the city council publicly. And as I've shared on the show in the past, there's been a lot of issues with the city council and religious freedom these last six weeks. So I still had issues. I wanted to shine some light onto what I felt was a attack on religious freedom. So I get down there and realize I'm not one of the first, but I'm like 12th on the list of 15, which I thought was odd because I'd signed up right away. And some other friends who also signed up right away weren't even on the list. As I came to the city council out in the foyer, there was a rally or protest or riot by some anti-Israel, anti-police Marxist. And they've been loud. They've been there the last few weeks. And they seemed especially loud. So when we got there and realized I'd be the only one able to share, we were a little disappointed. Well, here's what happened. I'll just cut to the chase. These Marxists, these agitators, took over Monday's city council meeting. I never got an opportunity to share, even though I'd reserved it appropriately. And I felt badly for the city council and for the city. I even felt bad for the rioters. And there were some high school students there on an assignment for their social studies class, having to go to a government meeting and do a project on it. <laughs> I hope they got their education because that was a government meeting that, that I'll never forget. I never got the chance to share as rioters usurped control of the meeting before my turn came up. Well, we waited for the police to remove them. But after quite a while of documenting the situation with my smartphone, I got word police officers were eventually going to remove everyone out of the council chamber without continuing the meeting, so we left. On the way out to where we met these four high school boys who were there for a school project on government meetings. I really trust they were educated. I hope the city council will not allow those who disregarded the rules and participated in the takeover to come to city hall for a long time. They not only disregarded the rules, but they disregarded the city council's calls to order. They disregarded the council presidents asking them to follow the rules. They disregarded my whole evening, disrespected it. They disrespected the evening of my friends, the evening of these high school students, and they disrespected the business that the city council had planned for the city of Spokane. These agitators blatantly disregarded the rights of innocent citizens who were there with good intentions. They showed disrespect to everyone and frankly embarrassed themselves. They seemed to disregard the police, not only by what they said, they were clear anti-police people, but they also showed disregard in how they carried on as if the police weren't there. I'm thinking, 
Antifa, I'm thinking BLM, other socialist organizations that are marked by their carelessness with police. We saw that with CHOP and CHAZ. We've seen it with a lot of so-called protests, but really they were riots. They were exactly organized as if Saul Alinsky had organized it himself. If you're not familiar with Saul Alinsky, he was a disciple of Al Capone and the mob in Chicago, and he taught radical liberals and socialists how to create chaos, how to bring disruption to society to get attention. That's exactly what they were doing Monday night. How strange to think that so many got ahead of me on the list for open forum when I began signing up right at 5 p.m. They were extremely loud in the rallies they held the last three weeks in front of City Hall. They led a riot that usurped power over all of the city council and the rest of us that were there. Now, the local news here in Spokane has not covered this issue very well. They said it was an abrupt end. It wasn't. And they never called it a riot. Well, Webster's Dictionary calls a riot a tumultuous disturbance of the public peace by three or more persons assembled together and acting with common intent. Every definition of riot I saw is what I saw Monday night. One local news channel even seemed to support them as saying, well, they have no other way to speak to the city council. These protesters, these rioters, are calling for America to support Palestine or Hamas, and they are condemning Israel. They want America to do the same. Well, this isn't something I agree with. In fact, I strongly disagree with it. But whatever the case, municipal government has no say over it anyway. Even if they were right, which they're not, why would you confront a federal issue at City Hall? So these rioters seemed hateful and violent, looking to intimidate with fear. It seemed to be quite effective as the city council shut down the meeting and in effect gave it to the Marxist. Now, all this had me a little on edge as I'm sitting there, but not enough to run away from my purpose for being there. My wife, who was watching from home and saw the live video, video on social media, was even more alarmed. And I saw on the news the rioters plan to return next Monday and plan to keep coming. So I feel it is important the city forbids them from entering the chamber for a lengthy time. They've earned it. Their behavior was incredibly dishonorable to all on the city council and to the city of Spokane. When their rule breaking was met with extreme leniency, they took advantage of it. They aggressively seized the whole meeting with no regard how it affected the rest of us. Even if their issue was legitimate, which it's not, they went about it wrong. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, I don't live in the city of Spokane limits. This doesn't apply to me. Well, it does. This is happening all across America. In some ways, it's happening all over across Western civilization. If we don't act, if we don't pray, if we don't humble ourselves and repent and act differently, this is coming to you if it hasn't already. Now, here's what's so strange about this whole ordeal. The issue that brought me to city council multiple times this last fall, in these last six weeks, was I felt I was indirectly accused of spreading fear, hate, and violence. And I had to clear my name up. Let me give you an update on what's gone on these last six weeks. We had a few shows ago talking about September 25th, where city council uh, voted on a resolution to renounce the mayor for attending this worship service that I attended with my family, that I attended with my church, that I announced to my church, and we had a great turnout. They were so quick to assume this worship service with Sean Foyt on August 20th, was spreading fear, hate, and violence. They talked about it over and over again that night, September 25th. So I must believe they will respond decisively when they 
see this as real spreading of fear and hate and violence last Monday night by the Marxist. When renouncing the mayor on September 25th, council member Karen Stratton said, and I quote, it crosses a line for me when publicly these events that we see happening more often than ever promote fear for certain members of our community and hatred, end quote. Well, many citizens that night who spoke publicly, in their three minutes, they testified there was no hate and nothing to fear about the meeting. I alluded to this in my three minutes addressing the council as well. So I feel disparaged for a city council member to say the purpose of the church service was promoting hatred and fear when there was absolutely none of that whatsoever. On the contrary, there was a lot about love, forgiveness, repentance, and deliverance from addiction. We prayed for fire victims in the middle of the firestorm. We prayed for elected officials. There was never any promotion of fear or hate. So I expect an apology from the city council, and I urge them to point their same self-righteous fingers where there really is a promotion of fear and hate at Monday's riot. Now, why did council member Stratton think this? Well, it seems it was because council member Zappone, Zach Zappone, called Sean Foyt, the leader of the August 20th event, an anti-LGBTQ extremist. He did this without any proof. He just said it was known that he was an anti-LGBTQ extremist. Well, I believe Zappone misrepresented the situation frequently in his remarks about the resolution to renounce the mayor. Zappone had a written speech and PowerPoint, and it was so full of misinformation, there's really too much to mention. Let me just point out that he grabbed photos of unrelated groups, including racist groups, and linked them somehow to those of us who were worshiping together on August 20th. How these groups related to our worship service was never clarified, and I can't imagine any connection whatsoever. If, it, if there was, I wouldn't have participated in the worship service. But despite the propaganda and misinformation, the majority of the council accepted this false narrative as fact. And some, like Karen Stratton, spoke out against those of us they believed were spreading fear and hate. So the obvious question is, what are they going to do now when there is legitimately a leftist group spreading fear and hate? Also on that September 25th council me meeting, council member Betsy Wilkerson said, and I quote, it is my constitutional duty to uphold the values of respect, inclusivity, and compassion. This includes condemning when leaders stand shoulder to shoulder with those who call for harm upon our neighbors, end quote. Who called for harm to anyone that Sunday evening at a worship service? There was never any such call, nor was there anything even close to calling for harm upon our neighbors at that August 20th worship service council member Betsy Wilkerson was referring to. There was never any such call, nor was there anything even close to calling for harm upon our neighbors, yet she pushed the rhetoric forward. This was terrible misinformation, in my opinion, and I expect an apology. But I feel it is important to point out how all on the city council, or almost all, seem to oppose harm upon our neighbors, even if those claims were farce. I'm not saying that LGBTQ people don't have threats of violence, don't have uh, fear. I'm not saying that. But they tried to link it to an all-city worship service. And that was a total farce. What then will city council do with those who participated in a premeditated riot that aggressively took over city hall? We've got to be 
on alert, ladies and gentlemen. It's happening everywhere. They're going to say Christians are judgmental just because we're Christians. That is, if we're true Christians, we if we are biblical Christians. And they're going to excuse just about any other perverted behavior. Now, I could list more quotes from the council and could quote more from Resolution 81 that renounced the mayor for attending the service. You can listen to previous shows if you're curious. But I want to be clear. Many on Spokane City Council talked about how they were told the LGBTQ community felt unsafe because of the worship service without showing how the worship service actually caused the fear. I felt this is an incredible deception. Countless people of various races, denominations, and ages stood before the council that night and said there was nothing of hate and violence at that worship service. I was one of them. But members of this council ran with the false narrative. Why? They didn't listen to the people who were actually there, but believed those pushing an agenda who were not there. They listened to those who had an aggressive anti-Christian agenda because that is what they want to believe. They don't want to hear the truth. Well, they weren't at that worship service August 20th, but they were there last Monday night as I was. What are they going to do for the safety of the community? Now, by the time some of you listen to this, another Monday might have passed. But when I say last Monday night, I'm referring to November 5th, of the Monday of the city council where rioters aggressively took over city council. We'll be right back after a short break. Two years ago, Liberty Remnant Church was founded in Spokane by a group of committed Christ followers who, believing God, sought to build a distinct local church for his glory. LRC is a simple, relational, biblical church that holds firm to the basic tenets of biblical Christianity. We believe we are to represent Christ's love, power, and wisdom in every and any facet of society. Perhaps you've seen our pastor, Jay McPherson, or others from Liberty Remnant Church, either standing up at Spokane City Hall or at a local school board meeting in the area. We believe we are called to be salt and light as we bring people to new life in Christ. If you are looking for a local church or know someone who is, please consider what God is doing at Liberty Remnant Church. We meet every Sunday at the Oakwood Inn, 7919 North Division at 10 a.m. For more information or to contact our pastor, please check out our website at libertyremnantchurch.org. Once again, that's libertyremnantchurch.org. Welcome back to the Bible and Our Culture, an outreach ministry of Liberty Remnant Church. We're talking about the riot down at City Hall last Monday, of which I was an eyewitness and I mentioned I've been down to City Hall quite a bit this last six weeks because when they renounced the mayor for attending a worship service that I attended, I felt they indirectly renounced me and my church. They renounced and they said all these nasty things about us, including calling us white supremacists, because they cared about the safety of a special protected, privileged classification of people. The LGBTQ people that support most on the city council claim they felt unsafe because the mayor attended this worship service. But the ironic thing is, last Monday night, there was an aggressive, hostile group of activists who overtook City Hall, and they pretty much let him do it. 
what are they going to do now? I'm concerned as I look at their track record, there seems to be a lot of bias. There seems to be a lot of filtering of who belongs and who doesn't. Are they going to protect our safety from people that aggressively took over City Hall? Because safety seems to be an important tenet of the religion of liberalism. It's all part of the liberal agenda. Their whole idea of you got to wear masks is for safety. We got to confiscate your guns because we care about safety, seatbelts, vaccinations, all sorts of regulations. And they skewed that worship service, basically just lied about it because they said it was promoting fear and hatred and people of the community felt unsafe. So now when there is a safety issue, what are they going to do? I think their track record is uh, they're going to continue to favor a certain classification of people. And the people they don't favor are Bible-believing Christians. So denouncing the mayor wasn't about safety. It wasn't political. But guess what? It was effective. We recently had an election here in the state of Washington, actually a national election, but all of our races were local. And they have new confidence because a lot in the city of Spokane didn't go the way we prayed it would. It doesn't seem. It's not going to be tabulated and official until the end of November sometime. But as of right now, there's a lot of races that seem to be um, very unfortunate. Well, let's talk about my personal safety. I didn't feel safe down at City Hall while these anti-Israel, anti-police Marxists were rioting and taking over the City Hall. But on September 27th, Two days after I addressed the council, originally, an East Washington sign in my front lawn was destroyed by vandalism. Last week, we had Ron and Tina McInerney, who were from East Washington and the Liberty State, also uh, part of the East Washington Freedom Alliance. I had a sign in my yard now for over two years. And when I first had it up, I received threatening letters, three of them, about this sign from someone who anonymously informed me he lives in my neighborhood and walks past my house regularly. Well, since I know there's somebody in my neighborhood watching me, and I spoke with City Hall on September 25th, and my sign was destroyed either the next day or two days later when I noticed it, I'm wondering how safe I am. My point is that I understand from the remarks at these meetings, the city council members got multiple emails from LGBTQ people who said they felt unsafe because of the worship service the mayor attended. Well, I'm just saying I feel a bit unsafe myself during the Marxist riot and with the hate mail I've received, along with the vandalism to my East Washington sign. And here's what I have to mention and have to emphasize. There was no violent, unruly behavior at the worship service, but there was last Monday night. The hostile takeover city council, it usurped my time and everybody else's. It usurped my opportunity to publicly address the city council, and it was a total disorder. I mentioned the agitators were given leniency when they repeatedly disregarded the rules and the instructions of Council President Kinnar. So I have little choice but to recognize I feel personally insulted by such leniency. Now, here's why. That September 25th council meeting, council members of Pone posted a tweet from Sean Foyt, who led the worship service. And it read, and I quote, If Christian nationalist means protecting millions of babies being slaughtered in the womb, banning the mutilation of children's body parts, outlawing drag queens twerking in front of kids in libraries, and returning to biblical values that built this nation, count me in. 
That was the evidence, Zapone said, and he used it to say this. Sean Foyt is a self-described Christian nationalist. But he totally missed the point that Mr. Foyt was expressing. And this was a totally different connotation of how the term Christian nationalist was being used than what we read in the resolution and what they were discussing at that moment. So when Zapone said, Sean Foyt is a self-described Christian nationalist, I and many others in the council chamber sighed in disbelief. Some groaned or scoffed, others chuckled, and a few even laughed out loud. It was a spontaneous reaction to a ridiculous claim. I still scoff when I think of it. Now, had just a few reacted this way, nobody would have noticed. But when 50 to 100 people or so, Christians, who understand what Sean Foyt was talking about, we all reacted the same way, with a simultaneous similar reaction, it created a bit of disturbance in the council chamber. They could hear some laughter. They could hear some, some rustle in the audience. So Council President Kinnar raised her voice in anger, giving us a strict scolding. I am going to clear the chamber if there is one more outburst, and we have security that will do it. That's a direct quote. Now, needless to say, this last Monday night, I kept waiting for a similar warning to the Marxist, who were acting far more egregious than the spontaneous laughter of a few folks who felt lied to on September 25th. No warning came until it was way too late, and she had let the council meeting get totally out of control before she gave any warning. Even after they blatantly broke the rules time and again, there was no threat but a seemingly feeble request to follow the rules, which they had already demonstrated they had no intention of following. Why the double standard? Why such a harsh tone in talking with Bible-believing Christians and such a frail request to the anti-police, anti-Israel, aggressive Marxist who organized a successful riot to successfully take over city council? Well, I kept waiting for her to, quote, clear the chambers with security that would do it, unquote, like she said six weeks earlier. I kept thinking that the meeting was going to resume. So that's part of why I waited around. But the same threats made towards Bible-believing Christians were not implemented. And this was with a far more hostile and disorderly crowd. I don't think we were hostile. We weren't. And I don't think we were disorderly, other than we, we laughed a little too loud. Well, I'm still amazed by such a contrast. I guess I may have been foolish at this point not to expect what I see as typical Spokane City Council double standards. I believe the two sets of rules the council has repeatedly demonstrated is an embarrassment. The official motto of the city of Spokane, I think they passed this year, is this, quote, in Spokane, we all belong, end quote. But many on the city council don't act like it. When they give special treatment to Marxists, they don't give to Christians. I believe any objective, reasonable person would see the double standard. Clearly, this council feels Bible-believing Christians do not belong in a way that people with other beliefs do. Again, some of you are thinking, well, Jay, you're just griping. No, I'm concerned. I, I, I would like to just forget about all this and live a, a cushy, comfortable life. I'd rather just move on in my flesh. But I haven't felt released from the Holy Spirit to just sort of drop this. I think there needs to be an alarm sounded. There needs to be warning to the church and to our society that we've got to respond. We've got to lift up our voice 
and speak truth to power. We've got to confront injustices and dishonesty where we see it or this this looming uh, spirit of of control this looming spirit of intimidation it's it's just going to look for for more ground to take so the blame this last monday night i think goes first to the agitators first and foremost they should be held responsible for their actions especially those who organized and incited the takeover they stole my time and caused me to feel threatened I think that's a big deal to the city council. But there is undeniable blame to the council president for not holding these bad actors accountable from early on during the open forum. Now, I'm an eyewitness. I was there. When they weren't following the rules, she didn't say much of anything. Finally, some more conservative members of the council called point of order, and so she asked these folks to please follow the rules, which they already showed they weren't going to do. We don't ask for special treatment. But we must ask for fairness. I would like to hope she could show them the same sternness she did when she threatened Christians. There is some blame on all citizens of the Spokane area for not engaging and letting this come to that. I think everyone who supports DEI policies and pushes DEI have to realize the result of this indoctrination is the opposite of true diversity, equity, and inclusion. In my opinion, DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, has been a Trojan horse since it started gaining ground almost 10 years ago. I mean, who doesn't want diversity, equity, and inclusion? Well, if you look at the actions of this whole DEI movement, they seem to have pushed for no diversity. You gotta be like them. No equity when it comes to who gets to say what in the council chamber, and no inclusion. If you're a Christian, you're not included. Right? The main advice to us Christians is don't judge, even when we're quoting directly from the Bible. But if you say something confrontational or judgmental of the Bible, well, that's fine, that's good, and that's implauded. That's just DEI. We've been bamboozled. So I pray and hope you pray with me that these rioters are not allowed back on City Hall for a long time. I fear there could be damage, fear they could instigate violence, and I feel there could be personal harm to those of us that are there, even the city council. Uh, they were extremely unruly Monday night. So how do we apply this to the culture? How do we look at the Bible and say, what are we supposed to do? Isaiah 5, 20-21 says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. I hear that verse quoted a lot by those of us with common sense and, and are watching what's happening in our society. But it goes on to say, Woe to those who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And then in verse 21 of chapter 5, it says, Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. We've got to humble ourselves before the Lord. I'm thinking of Psalms 37 that talks about how we shouldn't fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. Well, Jay, it sounds like you've been fretting this whole radio episode. Well, I'm not. I'm trying to warn. Now, I should admit that I woke up way early this morning, agitated about all this. I was fretting. May the Lord forgive me. May the Lord help me not to fret. But we've got to be aware and not fret because we know in verse 2, they shall soon be cut down like grass and wither as the green herb. 37th Psalm goes on to talk about how the Lord will cut down evildoers. They will be cut off. And those who hope in the Lord, he will protect. 
Thank you for being with us. Hope to see you next time at this same time and the same radio station.